Insanity. Just insanity. Oh, I'm sorry. Ah, this is live. Ah, no, I'm kidding. Uh, welcome to, good morning, and welcome to Vikings Territory Breakdown Podcast with uh, myself, Joe Oberly from Vikings Territory for PTSD, and Mark Craig from the Star Tribune, startribune.com. Mark, we just, you know, two days ago, we witnessed one of the craziest games, certainly in Vikings history, and, and it's getting all these other kinds of, you know, uh, things thrown at it, like greatest game ever, greatest catch ever, blah, 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 blah. It was, it was madness. I was, we were talking offline beforehand. I, I said it's been since 2009 since I've got up off of my chair and, uh, and, and yelled and screamed. I mean, when, when, uh, when, when uh, Kirk Cousins threw that pass to, to uh, uh, Justin Jefferson down in, uh, in, uh, to the two yard line at, at the, in OT, I thought it was over. I jumped up. I pumped my fist. And my glasses went flying off of my face across the room. So I thought, well, this is going to cost me some money. But uh, it was, uh, it was just a bl- it was, it was so entertaining. I mean, it was like it was like taking all these games they've had to this point this year and said, okay, we got to take it to another level. And we just saw it was just it's nuts. What were your impressions, Mark? Well, you know, my, my impressions now are is can we finally get rid of the Ahmad Rashad, Rashad catch on the highlight reels? If this is the greatest game in Vikings history and the history of the world and since the first caveman scored the first touchdown, can we stop showing Ahmad beating the Browns in 1980? Come on. We can't, I, I, yeah. I can't personally because I, I was in uh, uh, St. Joe, Minnesota at the La Playette Bar watching that game, and I had 100 bucks on the line with a, a, a friend of mine from Cleveland who we called Cleve, that was his name, and he bet all these people that they were going to win. And I had another bet the Vikings were going to win the division with somebody from Green Bay. And I thought I was, you know, all dashed on that play. And and if they make that play and I jump up and I kick the t- chair off over in front of me, I run up to the bar to buy the round of house. Someone else is doing this. Says, okay, I'll back off. I, I won't buy a round. So, no, no, we can't get rid of that. It's, it's, it's seared in our brains, Mark. We don't have many of those. Uh, yeah, and it's whether it was the greatest or not the greatest or whatever. I always go back. To, I had an interview with Jim Brown one time in the early 90s talking about, you know, I'm young and I'm talking about all these different people, you know, running backs in history. I'm talking to the greatest running back, maybe the greatest player in NFL history. And, yeah, he just looked at me and gave that real calm, you know, like you know, Jim Brown had the presence. And he's like, why does there have to be one greatest? He said, can't you enjoy? And then he just went through all these different running backs and why. And that's kind of how I feel about this one. It's like there's such a rush to say it's the greatest ever. Well, right. you know, I remember we had, we had kind of had the same feeling when Greg Lewis catches that ball at the, in the back of the end zone against the 49ers in maybe the most amazing at the time play that we'd ever seen, how Favre got him down the field. And then it was eight days later that Favre is playing the Packers right. in the Metrodome, uh, you know, with a, and beats the Packers with a, with, a, with a great game. And Jared Allen has four and a half sacks. Um, but yeah, that's just my point is like, this is, it's not to diminish that, but it's like, you know, we've seen, we've seen a few of these, uh, there's also been a lot where they've come out on the losing side and frankly, you know, had they lost that game by three points, I still come away feeling that this is one of the best, this is one of the three, two, three, four best teams in the league. There's no reason that Vikings fans or Vikings, or I'm sure the Vikings don't, but Vikings fans or people who follow this team say, well, how are you going to measure up to the Bills? How are you going to measure up to the Chiefs? Yeah. And even at this point, how are you going to measure up to the Eagles? Because it, it's been a long time since these two played. 
I think it's time to start asking, how do people measure up against the Vikings? Because the Vikings got something going right now that you don't see a lot. How, not only are they very talented and very healthy, but they got a confidence and a swagger going that that creates things like this. We're going to have to cut that, Mike. We're going to have to cut that out of this section and not put that in there. We don't want anybody talking about us. I, I wrote a story for uh, Viking or for Purple PTSD yesterday about uh, how the the how do the Vikings react now? I mean, it's easy to throw caution to the wind and a hail mary, hail to the mary when when you aren't expected to win. They weren't expected to win that game. They they. You know, and you can, you can go, you can gunsling when it, when your back's against the wall because there's the pressure isn't there, the expectations are there. That's changing now. Are we going to see more of Nervous Kirk, who does kind of uh, wilt under expectations? Is is you know, as people start talking about him, as I was checking beforehand, we we're looking at, I was looking at all the power rankings, you know, last week, which you did later, but. Uh, you know, those are here or there, but, you know, the Vikings are all in the top three of all of them, you know. Some, one of them I even saw they were number one, which I, I, I'm i not sure. Why not? We're ready for that in Minnesota, Mark. I don't, I don't know. Uh, that, that has no impact on the players. I mean, this team, I mean, you, you say you say what will happen. Well, you know, let's let's go back to, I think it was it Miami or where they, you know, were, were one of 15 on third down or whatever it was, and they, they found a way to win. Yeah. Kirk is not the irony in all of this is um, Kirk's having Kirk's playing the best football of his life, but Kirk's nowhere near the best stats of his life. Right, Kirk's right. 20th. Kirk is 20th in the league in passer rating. And I tried, you know, an attempt to like get everyone on Twitter to understand it. It's, you know, it's, they're just a uh, 50% is they're, they're too dense to understand what I'm trying to say. Uh, but it's like, you know, He's got his worst stats, but he's he's eight and one. And he's playing his best football. It's just this oh, this obsession with stats, and people are like, oh yeah, they're going to knock him for his stats now. It's like, oh my god, you know, I'm, I'm trying to tell you that um, you didn't need him to have no interceptions last year, or you know, uh, right. he's playing and and just kind of throw out. It's sort of like when you play golf and you don't have a scorecard, which you and I are incapable of doing. You probably would play better, wouldn't you? I mean, if you just yeah. didn't. You know, your your triple bogey is followed by a birdie or whatever. You're just you're playing in the moment, and this is how Kirk Cousins is playing. Now, Kirk Cousins has not been during the seven game streak. He's had bad games. He's had bad throws. He's had um, some Kirk moments, um, but overall, they're playing. They're 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 finding ways to win. So um, yeah, I, I don't think any of that that stuff matters. Whether you know Justin Jefferson looks and on Twitter and sees that he's they're the top-ranked team somewhere. That doesn't mean none of that means anything. But but they also you got to be honest. There are plenty of Vikings who are on Twitter, and they all see it. Whether whether or not they're looking for it or whatever, that 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 creeps in. I mean, look at why Kirk did so well last year with his with uh, his lesser act. He was doing some of it in garbage time. Some of it he was not expected to win. He could take more chances, and the the teams were playing uh, a different kind of defense, and he. He could he could he could do some things this year. They're about winning ball games, and last year I think you know that that's that's part of the difference. Um, also, and if you want to talk about the people online who are talking about it, last year they're debating whether Kirk is the quarterback or not, and that's why you know the stats mattered this time. The stat, the only stat we cared about, many of us online says, is wins and losses. Well, this is this year; it's being proven to right. be the case. 
Well, if if you lose to the Cowboys and the Patriots and the Jets, here we go. We're right, we're, we're right back where we were. So I'm just saying this this is this this roller coaster. It's it, I would I think it's going to happen at some point. They're going to lose a game or two. Um, you know, I, one thing I'm amazed about is I I felt like and you look at what how Washington played last night. That Washington team. It, I mean, if if Heineke loses his job to Carson Wentz. You know, uh, I'm not one of these fire the fire the coach guys, but uh, you know, Ron Rivera would be nuts. He brings something to that team that they don't that they don't have without him. And I thought that that was a time where the Vikings would lose. And we saw an example of of a of a Heineke slash uh, uh, Case Keenum type play where uh, a ball gets heaved down the field, and there's three Vikings and a referee, and the guy, the least likely guy to catch it scores a touchdown. So um, they overcame that uh, Buffalo in the hole. Is, is Allen going to play? Is he not going to play? Allen played and that injury had no impact on that game. You know, the Vikings impacted that game. You know, if they win by three points, Allen's being hailed as, you know, the greatest quarterback ever this year, they lose by three. And then you hear people, ah, what was he affected by them? No, he played a great, he played a really good game and the Vikings need him. I'll take a little bit of uh, pushback on that. I, I well, sure, he had three. Tu- he had three turnovers. You know, two, yeah, two in the end zone, and yeah. But, but right. I'm just saying, overall, Peterson. Yeah, that that was. Oh, I mean, yeah. if he's got his full elbow ability, he might have put a little more air under that and and gets that over uh, Peterson. You know, I don't yeah. know. He played well know. enough to he win. Wanna... He played well enough to win. Yeah, now, that's absolutely. That's, that's not. If you're talking about like, let's hold the let's 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 put the, another hurdle in front of the Vikings because it's been every week. It's been. Well, you know they, I, they, they, you know they beat New Orleans, but it was a double doink. You know, so you throw a little. Yep. Well, they they beat Miami, but they didn't have the quarterback, you know, and they just keep winning. So, um, yeah, this is going to be, you know, it's the it's a late it's an a, late afternoon game. Um, it's the Cowboys, you know. It's the Cowboys are always going to be, you know. You make you make the about the backup yeah. QB mark. Can you say the same thing about Cooper Rush versus Dak Prescott with the Packers beating the the Cowboys last weekend? I mean, they 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 aren't as quite as good as they were during Cooper Rush playing for Dak for those four four weeks. You know. Well, sure, uh, but you know they, they are not going to. Uh, I mean, Carson Wentz and Dak are a little bit different situations. Right. Uh, and Jerry Jones, Jerry Jones would not permit that to happen. I mean, uh, you know, that, that well, my, my Dak Prescott is, would sit there. I heard someone talking on the, on, well, I was PFF this morning saying that Chris Sims had this theory that when you put in a, 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 a backup quarterback and you take your star, you know, Josh Allen out of there or somebody who, who you week to week depend on to win you ball games, when you take them out and you've got to start getting everybody else involved because you don't have that element where, Josh Allen can just come in and run for 50 yards, you know, every three plays and, and, and win the game or, or somebody else or, or a Patrick Mahomes. When you have to put in a backup quarterback, then the other rest of the team has to step up. The offense has opened up a little bit. They've got, you know, it's not, oh, Josh will save us, you know. I mean, do you think there's any truth to that? <laughs> it sounded interesting. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, and Chris Sims probably has a little bit of experience in that regard and that fact that is um, – his old man was a starting quarterback in 1986 and uh, got hurt. And Josh uh, and Hot and um, Hostetler comes in and wins a wins a Super Bowl. Uh, so yeah, so maybe he's speaking from experience uh, having his family go through that. That's no, true. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, Cooper Rush. Yeah, there, there is. You talk about having nothing to lose. A guy like Cooper Rush comes in, and I would imagine it's like you know, I, I'm I'm here temporary. 
and that that he's playing better than in that regard. Now, I would like also Luther, say that that without his much pressure, without his much right. well, sure, sure, yeah. I mean, that he's a backup, and the backups, you know, can play without pressure. Um, you know, I, I did not watch that game yet, so uh, I don't know how Dak played. I didn't, I know, I just know that I, you know, it's, the Packers were due to to win, overdue to win, obviously. Uh, it's in it's in Green Bay. You know, it doesn't surprise me that the Packers won that game. Uh, in fact, if, if I'm Vikings fans, I would rather that they would have gone in and blown out the Packers, and uh, you know, be coming in here feeling a little you know full of themselves. Agreed. But agreed. Uh, you know where 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 it's at though. It's you know the Cowboys are going to have a hard time. You know, uh, dealing with the Vikings for how that you know that this crowd's going to be nuts, and then you're throwing three more hours of. Uh, Miller time in there, uh, so yeah, we're going to be under. How many times we see the catch on on sun, on Sunday at some point? Um, we'll talk about that. We'll preview that game in a segment a little bit later. But right now, I I just got to relive that fourth quarter of, of this game a little bit. I'm going to just talk about some things that happened and just jump in and, and comment, Mark, because it was it was so crazy. It was so improbable. I mean, even the last two minutes stood out, but. You know, they start out the fourth quarter, they're down by two touchdowns. Patrick Pearson picks Allen in the end zone and returns it to near midfield. I, uh, I've i heard since then uh, people talking about, um, and Patrick Peterson was saying about how he saw some things on uh, film study about Josh Allen, and that helped him pick him off twice. It was, uh, that, that that's, a, that's a wily veteran for you. At one point, one of the plays, he, he pushed, the receiver McKenzie out of bounds because once, once uh, 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 Allen left the pocket, then the illegal contact rules are not the same. He, so he pushes uh, the guy out of bounds knowing that he can't be the first guy to touch the ball and come back in. He's out of place. Then he heads back towards, towards the middle to help pick up. I think Gabe Davis and makes a pick. It's that's, that's, that's freaking incredible. It's something we never think about, but it's what a veteran of that many years. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking that Patrick Peterson might have a little more inside knowledge on how to play cornerback okay. in the NFL than us. Uh, yeah, that's that's what he is. I, that's why, and, and I'm not always you know, a you know, big believer how, that it makes a difference when a, a veteran like that uh, is on the team because the personalities don't match. The, you could have like the, you know, say you had a, a cornerback who's great, but he's, he's a jerk uh, or he's selfish or whatever. He's not going to help the younger guys. Here you have a combination of a, of a great corner, a guy who is great in his prime, who's still very good, who's also has the personality that can that can make these other guys better. So yeah, it's a it's a great situation for the Vikings to have right yeah. now. The Vikings go for it twice on fourth down in that in that uh, uh, in that quarter. Uh, the first one by KJ Osborne. What an effort! He was stopped like twice, and he still works to get that on fourth and one on that. I think it was kind of a jet sweep to the right. Um, Kirk scrambles 15 yards down to the two and he even put a shoulder and he did not, he did not slide to the two. He, he, he yeah. went into it. So I saw somebody online say, uh, Kirk, if, if you would have, uh, if you would have jumped over that defender at that oh, point, we'd still, we'd still be talking about Yeah. yeah well, yeah. He, he, Kirk might be in the hospital right That's now. That's true. But, um, yeah. KJ, going back to KJ Osborne, um, you know, trade deadline. Obviously, we were by, you know, all the people had, they had, you know, they couldn't take a breath. They had to keep talking about what are they going to do? What are they going to do as yeah. far as receiver? And ultimately, you know, there was some reason to that because they got Hawkinson, which was like the perfect, the perfect piece to bring Kirk to the next level was handed right. to him by a team right. in the division. Uh, but as far as receivers, you know, KJ Osborne, you know, 
I'm comfortable riding with KJ Osborne as a third receiver because KJ Osborne makes those he, since his when he debuted last year and his first catch or one of his first catches was like a first down on fourth and five or so. He catches a point blank bullet from Kirk and, and gets the first down. Yeah. Since that moment, I've been like, you know, I don't care what the stats say on this guy. This right. guy's not going to be, he's never going to be a thousand yard receiver uh, with those other two around. Um, he's never going to be a 75, but he's going to be a guy that you don't look at his stats. I mean, he's going to make catches that uh, you got to like remember when it, when it, when it all gets added up and he has 29 catches for 400 yards or whatever, you got to think of, you know, the situation. Yeah. Right. Well, oh, you're exactly right. When he came in, he almost lost his job and got cut as a kick return. He wasn't that great. And, and he wasn't showing anything on offense ever since then. His, his, uh, his, his ability has been improving and his confidence has been building and it still builds and he knows his role. Now you're exactly right. They don't, you know, I, I saw yesterday someone on Twitter was still wanting OBJ to come in here. Are, are, you, are you bloody crazy? I mean, this guy fits his role. I mean, everybody else has their role. I mean, Adam Thielen made some nice grabs, but he wasn't the star of the show. We know who the star of the show was in the receiving court. Uh, and his role has even changed, but they're all fitting into it, and they're winning ball games. Why would anybody want to upset that? Well, there's there's so many receivers in the LSU guys, obviously, but um, you know, receivers and they still follow Randy like the Pied Piper. I mean, it's it's amazing to watch. Uh, just a couple of years ago, when Randy went in the Hall of Fame, I spent uh, uh, the night in Kansas City when he was doing a game, and got to like be with him the entire night. You know, like after they would do their on air stuff, and then we would talk and uh, to see like you know guys today's players coming up to him, like almost like a little kid coming up to Santa Claus. Uh, so OBJ has a lot of that too yeah. because of that. You know, OBJ made one of the greatest catches in NFL history with that one hand falling backwards. Uh, you know, Jefferson took that catch to like 200 times beyond it because <laughs> not only was he covered, you know, the defender has two hands on the ball and he rips it out, you know, It'd be hard to uh, help him catch it. He, he cradled it on the way down for him. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I, you know, I, I have a hard time. I was part of the panel, the Hall of Fame panel that voted on um, uh, 100, the 100 years of the NFL and like the best play, most yeah. memorable, this, most blah, 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 best game, best player, all this stuff. And, uh, you know, I think the helmet catch was the, if there was a best catch category, I believe the helmet catch won. Yeah, it's yeah. hard to like, you know, Top the helmet catch because of when it was made in a Super Bowl, uh, you know, late in the game, you know, the uh, most improbable play ever. Plus, it's also fueled some of the best humor in the Mannings whenever, like, right. they're sitting around guessing that, that, that in the in the charades game, and and Eli <laughs> goes the helmet catch, helmet catch, and Peyton goes, quit saying the helmet catch. <laughs> so, so you know, it's up there. And I'll go back to Jim Brown. It, uh, why does it have to be the greatest? I mean, it's. It was fantastic to watch. JJ's catch was uh, he misses it, game over, game's over. You know, and, and 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 while it's not a Super Bowl winning catch like the helmet catch, it it had that you know at least that element to it. The game's over if he doesn't make that catch. It's fourth and eight. Yeah, it's crying out loud. Yeah. Um, the, 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 I wanted to talk about quickly uh, that what a great call to CJ Ham for that touchdown. I, I got uh, Dalvin Cook. On my fantasy team, and I'm sitting there, give it to Cook, give it to Cook, and I gave it to CJ, and I went, shit, yay, you know, 
<laughs> what a what a great call. I mean, they got two guys going this way, spread out the line, and then do the inside handoff to him. He I couldn't believe that's only his second rushing touchdown of his career. I, I, I uh, that shocked me. If he'd have been stopped, would they would you have said great call? They got, they got Dalvin Cook, they got Justin well, Jefferson, they got Hawkinson, they got you know. Um, Come on, you can't. I'm, jo- I'm joking. I'm not saying it's. I'm just saying that that we always tend to say you know great call when it works out. Are you willing? Yeah. You know, what I like, what I love about um, O'Connell is, um, especially as a as a first year coach, is that he coaches from a standpoint of I can make something good happen as opposed to I need to avoid right. screwing up. Um, and you, I'm not saying that that I'm not that's not anybody that's come before him or anything like that. It's just um, you know he has a, a confidence in what he can do what he can call and what his players can do. And I, I don't think he's, a, he's afraid. I mean, of course, he's got no scar tissue on him and everything. But, um, you know, the last game uh, two weeks ago, taking the, taking the points off the board when your kicker is at 64%, is it was it be a rough call because you're going to get killed if, you, if, he, if he suddenly whiffs, you know. Uh, granted, it's a chip shot, but this guy's struggled. Um, so, you know, he, he's doing things to, to, uh, that, that make you think, you know, he, he's looking at, the positive way to win a game as opposed to avoiding the negative, which some coaches, not a lot of the younger guys now, but a lot of the older coaches fell into. Speaking of him, uh, then he, uh, Greg Joseph comes in and misses the point after touchdown. Somebody else pointed to me, pointed out on Twitter how many other players have missed PATs this weekend, and, and the NFL did move the thing back, and and blah 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 made it harder, but this guy's got the most misses. You know, we can talk about him later because that 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 one hurt. Then 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 all of a sudden you're just dashed again. Then all of a sudden Viking scar tissue starts tingling. You know, after, when when that happens, I, I tell you what, if they, if they gave two points for hitting the upright, the guy would be leading the league in scoring. I mean, his misses are like the same one. It's he keeps hitting the upright. It's like uh, hey, just move over an inch. <clears throat> then you got the fourth and 18 pats of JJ for incredible catch. And, you know, uh, your point of with Jim Brown is well taken. Why do you have to be so many greatest? You know, I mean, earlier in the game, Stefan Diggs makes this incredible catch and, and he yeah. goes straight up, reaches at the ball, sticks there. And it's like sticks to those gloves. Those gloves are very helpful with these guys. And they all got such big hands. I, I will conjecture, you know, you could, uh, you got to give Stefan a credit for that grab. It was a hell of a grab. And uh, JJ had a little help. I mean, why this guy with the game on the line, the defender didn't just, I think Lewis's name just ripped the ball out of the sky. Right? I think he was trying to pick it off with, when he went up for JJ. Now, man, you're in midair. You don't think about these things in slow motion. You can think, God, you know, knock it to the ground, <laughs> knock it to the ground. But yeah, you know, go ahead. I, I was certain I, I haven't watched the Monday night pregame in a while. I would assume Moss still does. You got Moss. I, yeah. You know, that, that, you know, Randy might have to say you got Jefferson on that one because, uh, wow. I mean, it's, I don't, you know. I don't think we'll ever was, see anything like it. It was just, it's too improbable. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be the defender because he's uh, he's there forever. Yeah. I mean, even to, to, to get the ball and high point the ball with one hand, totally outstretched, and then somehow curl it in and not have it touch the ground coming down with one hand, that that's, that's, uh, that's otherworldly. <laughs> And what this guy's capable of is goes beyond your average player, obviously. That's why I, in Twitter, another thing that people didn't understand last night when I said, you know, next gen, someone said next gen said that he had nine catches that were considered less than 50%. He 
catchability. Yeah. And I'm thinking, okay, yeah, so many times when they say that stuff, I, I, you know, I'm just, I'm too old for that kind of thinking because I think, all right, so you're taking the entire league, all right? You're taking everyone from Laquan Treadwell to Troy Williams, not, not Troy's in the league now, but those types of players who couldn't catch something when it was thrown right to them to a guy that could catch everywhere, and you're saying that's 50%, and you're, you're looking at that, that's 50% catch. No, I mean, this is what this guy's capable of. I, granted, it's a great, the greatest catch ever or whatever. That's but a great point. And, but, and I saw your but, tweet, and I saw the response to it, and I'm just shaking my head because I, I knew what you meant, and you're, you're yeah. exactly right. That, you know, if, if, if you really are an accurate numbers cruncher, he doesn't, yeah, he's got more than a 50% chance of any ball that's thrown between him and a defender. And that's your point. Right. Right? I mean, we, yeah, we're talking 50-50 balls that Kirk should throw. Well, I don't think they're 50-50 balls now. I, I think they're 60-40. You know, when it's uh, starting to figure that out. Yeah, and that's, that's another example of how Kirk is playing. Um, Kirk doesn't throw that ball. And then the Cowboys game last year when they were at home, <clears throat> and again, a big contention with Zimmer about that game was Kirk thought that if he didn't throw an interception, the Vikings would win the game. And Kirk played with him with it close to his vest. You know, Kirk wouldn't have made that throw last year. And Zimmer, you know, we're, we're all, I mean, granted, the offense is in much better hands with Kevin O'Connor. Yeah. But we beat up Zimmer. But Zimmer's the one that came out at some point whenever, like, yeah. Jefferson was disappearing. And Zimmer went public with the, you know, we want this guy to take more chances and get the ball down the field. And he didn't have to do that publicly. You know, I think he sensed that Kirk behind the scenes when they had their weekly fireside chats or whatever, that Kirk wasn't was telling him basically to screw off. And you know, I'm not I'm not gonna I'm gonna play the way I play. And then I think Zim went public and said, we want this guy to, you know, uh Throw up balls to throw some balls up like this. Is, is that so, was it fear of was it fear of reprisal if you did throw that interception? Yeah, I mean Kirk is gonna be Kirk's always gonna be a real thoughtful process guy, you know. Um, you know, he needs it's just I think it's just in his nature. You just look at him and right. Um he, but he's he's an outstanding quarterback, but I think he was always afraid of you know what he could do. I don't say it's about his stats because I don't think Kirk sits around and no. you know, worships his stats. But I also feel like, you know, if your team's, you know, in, got, is not going anywhere and your defense is down to like no, no healthy players, you know, why, you know, why be, why destroy your, your career to throw in 16 interceptions and then getting out of being out of a job. I'm just, I'm just guessing on that. My, my my sense is that he's just a little bit more uh, shy of the limelight. I mean, the quarterback position by nature has everything drawn to it. There's so much importance to it. And Kirk loves the position, loves to play it, blah, blah, blah. But I think if he could he could win with everybody doing well and it not all be brought on him, he's fine. And the same way with losses. I think he would just kind of like to hover there in the middle in, in, a, in a safety area mentally and not just say, you know, I'm going to put it out uh, – uh, you know, but I think you're fine when you got people like Brett Favre who are out there gunslinging, you know, and even Josh Allen. You, you have to do that. You have to, to be out on the edge. You have to be willing to take it all on, win, lose, or draw. And I, I don't know if he's comfortable with that, but he seems to be more yeah. so this year. For sure. And also, you know, we, and the fact that we don't mention them is the fact that they're playing 
winning football is Kirk's got the time to do this. I mean, Kirk, there was a situation, you know, that, 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 um, that, that fourth and 18 pass came with the backup left tackle. So, you know, Brandle had played well. Um, I, I wrote about it. And one of the things you're getting used to, like whenever I don't, I, I, I don't travel anymore, or at least not this year. Um, it's hard to watch it on TV. It's hard to get a feel for like, for what I'm doing, like not being able to see the whole field or being, having to look at exactly what the camera shows you. Um, I wrote, I think I definitely used the wrong word looking back at it. Whenever I got a replay of it, unfortunately the next day, uh, Dalvin Cook chipped uh, Von Miller on that play. Yeah. Helping the left tackle. Yes, he did. I saw it live. I saw it differently. I thought it was a really, I thought it was like the block he had earlier in the game where he, Stood up a guy. Safety, yeah. Or the, the, okay, so yeah. so someone someone emailed me and I went back and I looked at it and I went, oh yeah, I don't I don't think that was a stone wall, which I think I used that word. Um, because was that because because actually Dalvin after chipping him, Dalvin actually fell down. Yeah. Um, but, but but my point is, uh, he's got he's got time to throw and <laughs> just just that because because the, the very play before that, the third down, the reason they were fourth and eighteen. Is because Von Miller was showed why he's a first ballot Hall of Famer and makes mincemeat out of Brian O'Neill, one of the better right tackles in the league, and sacks Kirk. Yeah. Uh, and then he moves over to the other side, figure he's got yeah, if he can do that to Brian O'Neill, go over to Blake Brandle. Uh, but but Dalvin chipped him enough to to disrupt him enough to uh, so I'm comfortable saying that Dalvin helped on that play. I'm not comfortable with uh, the fact that it's uh, in print that I said he stonewalled him. Because he didn't. <laughs> I, had, I had another – you had another word in your five points that I wanted to ask you about later, but I, I will, um, that I took issue with, but that's beside the point. Uh, a couple more to play quickly. Uh, the shoehorn this section first with the, the uh, this quarter, this game with Patrick Peterson first is pick at the beginning and then a pick at the end, which is was phenomenal. But before that, to get him in that position, uh, that's that fumble. That that the the first the the quarterback sneak. I'm sorry. I, I am I was saying it as it was happening. I said, please don't sneak. Please don't sneak. Now that might be my Dalvin Cook on my fantasy team saying give it to him, but don't sneak Kirk in this position. He's just he's he's always he's a 50-50 at best sneak guy in my mind. He's just not strong enough. He can't leap. He's not he doesn't have that mentality like that he's going to push through. I just do, you know, do that, do the, the, another handoff to ham and let him bull his way through there. Instead, they went with the trendy push him up behind. And, and basically all I did was accordion Kirk cousins and they, they lose it. I mean, the game's over there. I mean, that, that, that play, I, I did not like that call. See? Yeah. I didn't like the call nope. before it happened. I certainly didn't like it after. Yeah. Okay. As I say, when ham scored, you liked that one. When Kirk didn't score, I didn't like I didn't have a problem with it um, because they were. I mean, if it if it if it would have been outside the one or at the one, it was. You know, I believe though the ball knows the ball is touching, so oh, yeah. any move any movement backwards gives them a chance to get in. It's the best um, defense in the league, though. God, right? It's the best defense in the league. So you know, <laughs> the direct line was an inch away as opposed to moving. Thing. I don't know. Uh, you know, Kirk's now. You know, Probably not a guy you want to roll to one side. I, I, let's just say I didn't have a problem with the call. Yeah. Anyway, it set up the most amazing play in in uh, NFL 
this year and maybe for a long time. How, how do they do that? How do they not with the with the total opposite of Kirk at quarterback the other end? All the guy has to do is is stand up and lean the ball over and then go down and the game's over. But instead they fumbled the snap and. Uh, I guess uh, Harrison Phillips had a big play. He knew the sneak was coming. So if you saw, I saw he adjusted to the right just before the snap, which made room for Kendricks to be able to get in there and get the ball. What a phenomenal play. That was, that was, uh, you know, Harrison Phillips was on the bills last year and he knew what was coming. It's, well, it's I think the whole, I think the whole world knew they were going to sneak it. there. I, I don't know. I, I, that's the first thing I thought. As you, you yeah, know, they always do that. Make an adjustment at the line. Yeah. Man, I mean, well, yeah, but if he's part of the world, he should know um, <laughs> that that they were that all they had. Yeah. I mean, it's just again, it's just one of these perfect. It's the perfect storm right now with the Vikings. I mean, it's yeah. You know, there's there's karma. There's football yeah, gods. Use there's the word whatever. charm. But use the word charm, which you did start twice in that column. Uh, oh well, yeah, that, it's it is a charm season. It, it it puts too much of it on luck, and you know, yes, there's some luck, but there's luck in every game that's that's coming oh, down the wire. Yeah, got to have that. That implies that that there's they're getting there because of luck. I know you're not saying that, but that's what the implication is. That well, okay, all right, all right. Josh Allen fumbling the snap. That's not the Vikings didn't do anything no, to luck. cause that. That's luck. And, okay, so. It is charmed then, because because if they don't get that, if he holds onto the ball and gets to the one yard line, and holds the ball and gets to the two yard line, the game's over. The Vikings did nothing but you know, head, hats off to the Kendricks in that that jumbled mess to be able to see it and get a direct line to it is amazing. But come on, I, that's. That, that doesn't happen. Luck? Is that not luck? The pass by Kirk Cousins across his body to the to the middle of nowhere, right into the arms of the waiting cornerback. That's not luck for the Bills, of course it is. Well, yeah, Maybe I mean, I'm just, just, I'm just telling you that whenever whenever the game would have been over, there was a, there was something there's something in the air that yeah. that the Vikings and hey, ride it. I'm not saying that they're there. I mean, this is a talented talented team it is a pair it is better coached more quickly than i i thought possible yeah. um i thought they were going to be would be a good coaching staff but i thought there would be a learning curve there is there's not there's not a learning curve um you know um and then uh just here's here's some more examples of just kind of good fortune you get to you know obviously you get to the trading deadline the packers do nothing they do nothing to help the, the two-time defending league mvp uh, the the Bears do less than nothing. The Bears are you know, obviously all in on twenty twenty three. They trade away their only good defenders. Okay, so that 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 clears the decks there. And then the other team, you know, the laughing stock decides, hey, here's our tight end. Here's the missing piece for Kirk to take it to the next level. So, you know, it, uh, hats off to Quasi and for getting that piece and. Um, O'Connell for working him in right away, but there's something going on here that's, you know, that you just don't see every day. And, you know, uh, if your Vikings fan didn't enjoy it, because my goodness, you've had enough of the other stuff. You've had enough of the, but, but, you know, it's, it's happening early. Can it be sustained? You know, so I no, think talent, talent, sustained. It cannot. talent, health, coaching, um, Running the ball, running the ball. If you have to go on the road in the playoffs, 
especially. Uh, are I things agree that, with saying it like yeah. that. If you, if you yeah. listen to like that and then stick a little luck in it at the end, I'm all good with you. But when you lead as a charm season, then I'm going to say no. No. it's, it's Oh, well, yeah, but you know, yeah, the charm is uh, how you're you – know, miss. I mean, my goodness. How, we see one more ball clang off the right upright when it's a <laughs> – when it's a when when they when they get within four points and the ball's going off the upright, yeah. like it's uh, you know, like like it's happened before. It's like wow, yeah, that's, that's but, but no one's talking about it. Uh, the, the, I mean, Joe, Minnesota fans got screwed, and they're not talking about getting screwed by the officials. So oh, we'll get to um, that. <laughs> yeah, ask Greg Joseph if it's a charm season. Well, anyway, uh, we gotta take it is. Because we've already we've already gone overtime on this segment, but uh, I got to tell you, Vikings fans, your team is eight and one, so you better start looking the part. You better check out this man manscape spot and get yourself spruced up. Come on back to Vikings territory breakdown. Support for Vikings territory breakdown is brought to you by Manscape, who is the best in men's below the waist grooming. Their products are precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscape's performance package. The Ultimate Men's Hygiene Bundle. Join over 6 million men worldwide who have met, trust Manscaped with the, this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code VTBREAKDOWN20 at manscaped.com. If my math is correct, that's about 12 million balls. Welcome back, folks, to Vikings Territory Breakdown with uh, Mark Craig from the Star Tribune where uh, Vikings are 8-1 and one and having a great season. They they, uh, they won a big game yesterday, all, uh, and we've probably hit on it already, but, you know, some of it, the way this is going out, you've got to uh, put some of it on the, the quarterback for the good and the ill, and Kirk was great. He, he threaded in some passes to Jefferson on Sunday that was just – lights out just phenomenal passes the, the the catch uh was way overthrown that wasn't one of his better ones but he threw some to the sidelines him he made a great play uh to to adam Thielen on the sidelines when a screen a bubble screen i think over to the left broke down kirk scrambled out and just did a standalone play and hitting uh Thielen in between three defenders for a big first down so uh kirk had some great throws that 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 uh, his one of his first interception was an overthrow or, or I think KJ kind of slipped and maybe that was partially on him. So I don't fault him a lot for that, but that second pick by Kirk was, uh, is, is bad a throw as he's made in, in a purple uniform. Uh, what'd you think about Kirk's day? Uh, just what you said. I mean, there's some, you know, uh, the interception, uh, you know, where I thought the luck, where I thought the charm was good. The charm season, Joe was, was getting South with, they, you know, when they come out and throw an interception to start the second half. Yeah. Um, but but if you look at um, Zadarius Smith, then obviously didn't have one of those bang, you know, a game like he had when he was, you know, paying uh, honor to uh, to Jared Allen. But you know, third and third and one or whatever on that ensuing possession, he gets his gets his sack. You know, on that. Um, so you know, he made up for it. Defense kind of made up for it. Um, and. Uh, but as far as Kirk, you know, it's he played well enough to he plays play you play well enough to win you. And granted, that's a, not a great throw to Jefferson, but I think it's progress that he's throwing balls that absolutely. I mean, he's obviously he's obviously not thinking that that's going to be the catch, um, but it's high. So you're thinking, you know, there's something going on between him and Jefferson where he's 
he's he's opening up his uh, his mind a little bit to you know to what this guy can do and and it's yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't even really know what his what his final numbers were I just know that he played well enough in that situation to lead that team to, to win yeah I think he only had one touchdown pass and maybe at around 250 yards uh, had the two picks so they weren't the best numbers ever but you know and then he got stepped on twice by Ed Ingram uh, oh and they, the- they got they got to figure that one out I mean uh, I mean, if you if you're if you're practicing two hours a day or whatever it is, uh, at some point get the footwork because this is like it's happened. Uh, Bradbury got him once earlier in the year. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ingram actually fell down on his own, uh, tripping over feet. He got Ingram got him twice in this game. I mean, you know, and Kirk turns around and that ball could easily have been thrown past Dalvin. Right. Right. And then that, that's another turnover. I, that's, that's, a was, curve, was a, that's a new curve. Yeah. That's trying to make those throw yeah. those 50 50 balls. <laughs> yeah, that was a, that was, yeah. He saw a 50 50 ball at Dalvin's <laughs> shoe tops. But yeah, that, I mean, that's, uh, you know, that's that they got to figure that out. What can you say about Justin Jefferson that isn't already been said and is going to be continue to be saying the guy is, the guy is just, uh, he's the linchpin uh, for this team. There's no two ways about it. And, I'm, I'm hoping they got past the point where, you know, he had his little uh, slump there for a couple games, starting with the Philadelphia game and maybe ending with the Detroit game. They, or they, he didn't ever since then he's been lights out and they haven't been able to find him. Is that more scheme that they're getting him open combined with his, his ability. And then like you pointed out his, his immense catching radius is just, the guy is just, he, he's, he's phenomenal. I, I, I still don't see him. In my brain, in Randy Moss territory, but my God, he's he's there statistically. There's no two ways about that. Yeah, I mean, um, again, stats are, are different. I mean, even when Randy played, Randy Randy's not a throwback player by any means, but but when Randy played, uh, you know, the, there were, there were rules that were not in place that they are now. So um, I, I imagine Randy would have had these numbers or, or more, especially if he's on you know if he's on better teams. Um, but what I like about Kirk and Jefferson and the fact that just how efficient they are on their first drives, I mean, they don't make those penalties that always seem to ruin first drives for, for the longest time here. Uh, but you can tell that the Bills had given up over 200 yards rushing to the Packers <laughs> two weeks two weeks earlier. They uh, The Jets beat them with the running game uh, the week before. Um, see, the Bills came out determined to stop the run, and they did. You know, Dalvin had on the first drive. Dalvin had two carries for zero yards. But what Kirk and uh, Jefferson did was essentially take care of that drive with, you know, him throwing to Kirk. Uh, There's a 74-yard drive. Um, Jefferson has two of the catches for 68 yards and a touchdown. So it was like, okay, the Bills said we're going to stop this, and the Vikings said, okay, well, we tried Dalvin twice. We're going to beat you this way. And then I think there's always going to be an adjustment. You've seen teams adjust where um, Jefferson uh, sort of disappears a little bit, if you can say that. In disappearing, he's also opening up touches for Thielen. Um, There's a a reason that uh, Hawkinson is catching. There's nobody around Hawkinson when he catches balls over the middle and stuff. It's because all the attention is on Jefferson. That's only going to grow. And uh, does Jefferson now keep doing this? I, if you can catch balls like that, yeah. And if you have the quarterback who can throw that type of ball and trust it, yeah, he'll keep catching them. But 
Uh, I don't think we're going to see too many wide open Justin Jefferson catches like we saw against the Packers, yeah. like we saw against uh, the Bears. Uh, you're going to see more, you know, if they got a good corner like Philadelphia had, they're going to they're going to follow him. Um, you know, so you know those are the you know his numbers were great. I think he had 193 yards receiving. Yeah. Uh, what I liked is, uh, and you can say this, and that game was kind of a nutshell of how I feel about Jefferson and Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs is outstanding. Guy's better. <laughs> and Stephon Diggs had a great one-handed catch. Jefferson had a better one-handed catch. Um, I don't believe that uh, Jefferson dropped any balls. Diggs, for Diggs's talent, dropped that ball that hit in the fourth quarter where it would have been a first down. Harrison has the pass defense. Uh, Harrison Smith has the pass defense. He's there. It's good coverage. But Diggs drops that ball. I mean, Diggs should have caught that ball. So, um, you know, you know, it's a trade that worked out well for both teams. Uh, I just think the Vikings worked out better for them. And that's maybe splitting hairs, but uh, that's – this guy is that good. I uh... – I, I have no – all these years later now, I have no problem with it. I, I was a big Diggs fan. Um, uh, you know, uh, hated to see him go. Hated to see him become a diva and, and work his way out of here. But uh, uh, hats off to Spielman and Zimmer for, for getting uh, Jefferson because Vikings haven't missed a beat. And, in fact, it's even elevated in that regard, in that position. I just, I just love it. You made a great point about uh, TJ – uh, a couple minutes ago that uh, not this I, I'm going to get roasted for this comparison, but now that you have TJ Hawkinson and the kind of threat he is, the ability to catch passes in the open, he's not Travis Kelsey, but he is going to be, he's going to start getting uh, attention as well. When you have a Tariq Hill and a Travis Kelsey and you've got one guy, pulling stuff away from the other stuff is going to open up to have that great wide receiver. And now I think I'm pretty darn good going to great uh, tight end. It's going to open up stuff everywhere. It just opens up your offense completely. And they've got, they've got to, you know, at some point they got to have more than one guy, maybe thinking about TJ. If, 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 if Kirk continues to find him as often as he can find uh, Jefferson and then sprinkle in some, some uh, Adam Thielen, and then when you need one, surprise him with a KJ Osborne. I mean, or or a, a, a toss to your running back, Delvin Cook. It it, it just it, it's it's very exciting for this offense when you think about it in those terms. Yeah, I mean he's not he's not Kelsey, he's not Kittle, but he's but he's he's close enough. I mean, yeah. he, this was the eighth overall pick in the draft. <coughs> um, this is a this is a really talented guy that you know I I don't know how you know. I get, I get Detroit didn't want to pay him next year, but I'm like, my feeling is, you know, you're trying to build something. He's 25 years old. I think yep. um, you're looking for him, um, but you, you're going to get, in order to get something, you got to, you got to pay, you got to figure it out. And maybe that's where uh, Detroit doesn't have a great cap guy or whatever. I mean, it seems like, you know, the Vikings have been able to do, have always been able to do something. At least the time I've been here, with Rob Brzezinski and how they work things, uh, well, they make things work out. You know, they they didn't have any money. They got Zadarius Smith, who might be the defensive player of the year this year. 
they didn't have any money at the at the trade deadline, but they got TJ Hawkinson. And you know, I would imagine they'll find a way to sign him long term. So if you got if you got pieces that you're trying to build around, you can't give it up because you don't want to pay him next year. Or you got to figure things out. And I think this team does that. And I think that's why the Detroits of the league are remain the Detroits of the league. Yeah. I can't go too far without mentioning Dalvin Cook. He didn't have the greatest game, but he had one remarkable play that started the comeback with the uh, 81-yard blast. He can still hit those home runs. He just didn't have the opportunity that much. I carried the ball eight times in the first half, and and uh, um, this this one was near the end. This one started the, the the comeback because they were down by three scores at near the end, last with uh, two minutes left in the third, and, and he does that. But that, yeah. That was more a product of the offensive line hitting him on uh, uh, opening for him and Justin Jefferson, as you played. Yeah. yeah. Block. And what uh, talk quickly maybe about Cook and the offensive lines day and how do you think? Because I thought they did much better in pass protection, great in pass protection, and not so much in uh, run blocking on Sunday. Well, until that, until that throw out, like, be like, sound like Sid Hartman, throw out that 81 yard touchdown, and they did a real good job. You know, he would do that routinely every week, you know, throw out those 33 points the Vikings gave up and they win the game. Uh, uh, but but up, up until that point, it was, I mean, the Buffalo was shutting them down and yeah. they couldn't get anything. Uh, they couldn't get anything on that first drive. The Vikings overcame it. The Vikings kind of went away from it. Uh, and then they, they busted one and, and changes the game, obviously, at a point where it needed to be, you know, something that needed to happen. Uh, Vikings blocked it perfectly, and Dalvin. Whenever that happens, Dalvin's Dalvin's not going to get twenty yards on you and get run out of bounds by the safety. Dalvin's going to get an eight, you know, whatever whatever's left on the yards, he's going to get that and score. Mm-hmm. That's just what he is. And um, so, yeah, it's you know the average is up there. It's kind of an awkward, but it's you know Adrian Peterson had a lot of that stuff too. Adrian Peterson had a lot of negative yards, negative yards. And then he would, you know, bust one for 80 yards. Yeah. Uh, jump to the defensive side of the ball. I, I got to say this, uh, you know, it sounds strange to say it, but despite giving up 30 points and 486 yards, the defense played pretty darn good and, and won a ball game. You, you know, it's, it's hard to say that. But that, that's also due to four turnovers from, uh, uh, from, the, from the Bills and three of them by Allen. Uh, thoughts on the defensive performance on Sunday? Yeah. Again, it's, this is like a, this is a game or a, a time where, you know, stats don't matter. Like the, the points, uh, you obviously want to hold them to fewer points. But when I look at that game, I see Caleb Evans with a great, you know, the fact that Caleb Evans is on the field and, um, and, and forcing a fumble with that tackle. I mean, right. this is a, a rookie corner uh, who's one of the better young tackling corners I've seen. Now he gets a turnover. Patrick Peterson, you know, turning the clock back and doing all those things you talked about with, uh, with his reads and everything and, and making the catch. And then uh, Kendrick's jumping on that ball at, for the touchdown. And, um, yeah, it's – I mean, they could have played a lot better. With You know, there was one time where Zadarius had a, had a sack, would have been a sack on any other quarterback. But it's a, you know, it's a mountain of a man that can run and he gets 25 yards instead of a sack. Uh, so yeah, again, it's they played well enough to win, which is this, the story of this season so far. They throw everything out, and they played well enough to win. Charmed season. Uh, 
Another uh, decent game by uh, Zadarius Smith and Daniil Hunter. As a duo, they have the most pressures, I think, in the league right now. Uh, I think uh, uh, Smith is still leading the league in, in, in sacks. He got another one on Sunday. And, and Daniil got another one with his, with his fist in the ground. Uh, it sounds like maybe the Donatel is is changing up a little bit. You know, he's he's, he's got he he runs a three four, but he's he's allowing some time where Daniil can play where he's comfortable with, and it's it's been kind of paying off in the last few games with some sacks from him. Yeah, I think that uh, you know they're getting they're getting they're getting more and more used to the offense or the defense. Yeah, um, you know, I, I was not a believer in the defense earlier. They kind of said, "Be patient, be patient." We're seeing we're seeing a lot of uh, uh, of them getting more and more comfortable. And uh, I, sat, I sat down with the, uh, Zadarius on Friday for a story I'm doing this Sunday that uh, we can talk about next next week. But uh, you know, what, it was a very entertaining interview. Um, a lot of fun things that, that he said about that he said about the Packers and why he likes being here and um, his role in the Kirko chains whatever video stuff like that. So. Uh, yeah, that's that's definitely gonna be a fun one to write. So we can talk about that one next week. Was the uh, he's fun guy to talk to. He seems like he's just he's loving life at the moment. Yeah, he's he's very quiet. He's kind of like you know, uh, as you notice, he didn't when he won NFL Defensive Player of the Month and Player of the Week. You know, he didn't do any interviews. He didn't. He's kind of a he's reserved, I guess, when it comes to to, to media, uh, but but certainly not reserved in that locker room. He's one of the. Um, this team, this team kind of didn't have a vocal type of leader that could pull it off without Everson Griffin. A lot of the guys on this team are, are relatively quiet. Anthony Barr was when he was here. Harrison Smith is quiet. Kendricks is more, a quieter guy. Uh, but this guy comes in and in the locker room and on the field, he's he's like a he's like a live wire for him. And I think that helps. He's also an outstanding player. Yeah, I, I thought the the defense got gashed early by Singletary, and then he kind of went away. I, yeah. I I expected them to get uh, to have more trouble than they did with with Allen and Allen running more because he had the sore elbow and actually fell and hit it when he was trying to tackle Peterson on one of those picks. But uh, maybe did maybe did they play or spy him a little bit better uh, than expected, and maybe is that bode well for going? maybe having to meet up with the Philadelphia Eagles and Jalen Hurt down the road? I don't know. What do you think? Well, I mean, he, he hurt him. I don't know what his final running numbers were, but, uh, you know. He, he did. He absolutely did. Yeah, so uh, he was – I thought it would be worse. Yeah, I mean, I, I suppose when the guy's questionable, you're not sure what he's going to play, you, you dial back a little bit on how much he's going to run. Hmm. Um, you know, I can only guess on that, but um, – I'd have ran it was a, he, because it was his throwing elbow. <laughs> but that's no, they, when you get tackled, they, they hit the elbow too, you know. That's, yeah, uh, that's true. That's true. Well, uh, race kind of through race through that section, but uh, we'll be back again with another uh, section or another segment coming up here. So come on back for that. Plenty more to talk about. This incredible game by the Vikings going eight and one, and now tied for the best league. Best record in the league with the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. So uh, keep that in your mind. Come on back to Vikings territory breakdown. Football's back, baby. We're back to seeing Mahomes sling beautiful balls all over the field. And your friends at Manscaped are here to help you sling your beautiful balls all season long. With Manscaped, state-of-the-art tech will have your weapon looking more loaded than the AFC West or 
the NFC East. Football may be rough, but your ball care doesn't have to be with Manscaped. Join the 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code VTBreakdown20. That's VTBreakdown20. Get it today. Okay, welcome back. Uh, Vikings territory breakdown with Mark Craig from the Star Tribune. Mark, uh, the Vikings didn't come out of the game unscathed. Uh, they didn't go into it unscathed, but they they, they had a couple few people go down. Uh, there's plenty of injuries at cornerback now. Dancer was already out. He's on the IR. Caleb Evans, who has played well in his stead, left with a concussion. And we were seeing uh, Boone, and we were seeing uh, – I think Boyd and or Boyd's a safety, right? And uh, we we saw Duke Shelley of all people make a huge play in the end zone, who had been yeah. signed to the practice squad, elevated uh, this past week. Uh, in addition, we also lost uh, Christian Derisaw to a con- to the concussion protocol. Uh, what are your thoughts on the health of the Vikings and and uh, uh, yeah, what do you think of that? What's going on in the cornerback room? Well, yeah, the, obviously, well, the corners are, are a concern because, yeah, um, you know, Zimmer used to say, how, you know, how, how many corners will it, will it take to satisfy you? And he'd say just one more. And that's, <laughs> kind of what this, that's kind of what this team has been able to do. I mean, you, you pull Duke Shelley out of your hat, and he's a guy that was, I think, a seventh-round pick of the Bears two years ago, I believe. Um, you know, that pass defense he made was out against the tight end was a great – you know, that's, that's what you get from a veteran that's been in the game the whole the whole day uh, normally. That's only his, like, fourth pass defense of his career. So he makes a great play there. Um, you know, the biggest concern, I would think, would be, uh, you know, going up against the Cowboys pass rush. You know, fortunately, it's in Minnesota. That makes it a little more manageable. But not having uh, Darisaw, possibly, you know, with a concussion, you just don't know. I mean, they – there was no update that they could really give on a Monday on concussions. So Randall filled in pretty good for Darisaw, didn't he? He did, but he's not. Yeah, you know, I, I would imagine with with uh, with Parsons and yeah, and all the things the Cowboys can do. If you if you're thinking that Brandel's going to be playing, <laughs> you know, Brandel's going to need some help. Uh, yeah, that's for sure. So yeah, you want I think in this game you want Darisaw, you want him in this game. There was another liability on the on the field on Sunday. Uh, Greg Joseph with another missed PAT that kept the game in in question. Now I know people are going to miss kicks, and I know it's going to happen. But I'm going to put this out there, so if I say it, then it won't happen. Uh, is this just another different version of Gary Anderson heading our way? The the, the anti Gary, where you miss everything and then you make one at the end. <laughs> no, that works. That works. Well, but, you know, hats off to Greg because Greg has brought – without Greg and, and missing these PATs, you don't have uh, the end of that game in London. I mean, where the double doinker and, it, it you know, like at like the end of a movie, if it was uh, if that was on the movie screen, you'd be like, oh, God, this is corny. Uh, but, you know, that became a – Hats know, off. Uh, became a three-point game, right, where the Vikings are leading by three. And then uh, they tied – and I think New Orleans tied it. Then the Vikings went ahead by three, and then they could have been tied. So that, and then all this stuff at the end doesn't happen, right? If uh, if it's a right, how's that hats off? How's that hats off, dude? I I I value my heart. I I want it to keep ticking. He's he's bringing excitement into your life. If you make all these 
all these uh, PATs and short field goals, Joe. It's going to be boring. No, you're exactly right. That was the story I wrote this week. This is uh, the cardiac Vikes. This is who they are. Get used to it. I said they're not going to blow anybody out, and they're still flawed enough and great enough uh, that they're just going to they're going to play they're going to play up and down teams, and and there's going to be excitement. I'm I'm not sure we're going to con- keep w- uh, winning uh, uh, one score games. This is kind of an improbable and, and amazing streak. I think they've got seven last seven games. They've They've won one score games. It's just, it's amazing. But th- th- this is, this is really who they are, you know, and uh, you know, I guess just be, got- ca- be, be careful calling yourself the cardiac anythings because 1980 in the Cleveland was, a, was my most enjoyable yeah. uh, season. I'm 15 years old. Uh, the, the Browns cardiac kids, Brian Sype MVP. Yeah. They, they won with, you know, duct tape and spit and, piecing things together and always winning at the end, always winning at the end. Uh, the Raiders come from the coast. It's a snowy day, Cleveland. It's like wind below zero wind chill. I'm there as a fan. Uh, and you get red, right 88 where the, uh, you know, Sipe is throwing for Ozzie Newsome and Mike Davis steps in front of it. And the entire 80,000 fans sat down. And so that's, that's the scar tissue I got, Joe. That's, that's uh, where that phrase comes from. That's the cardiac kids, the original cardiac kids. Really. They, well, I, maybe someone else was called that, but that was the original one of mine. Yeah. I mean, it was uh, Cleveland was incredible. It was, you know, they, they had a the, uh, there's someone put out an album or a single. It was uh, the Twelve Days of Browns Christmas. I think I still have the re- record here somewhere. Um, but it was a fun. It was a fun, fun time. And but I I, I wish the Vikings fans a better ending than than what the, the uh, my cardiac kids of my youth. Uh, well, there you go. Um, got to bring back this segment from last week since it was so popular. The damn refs again. I, they they had a bad game, and and it's first two times I've been bringing them up all year, so you're gonna have to live with me. But there was 12 men on the field for a first and goal at the two, which which kind of imploded the Vikings in overtime. Uh, the Gabe Davis catch, which might we might we might never even made it to overtime if if they call that or or if the re- replay booth correctly, you know, you know, stops the game. It was already stopped. It was not a bounce play. They look at it. You can't challenge it because it's inside two minutes, but that play, there was a bad hold call on TJ Hawkins and uh, that horse collar on uh, uh, that they called uh, early in the game on, on Kendricks for digs. That, that, that was not a horse collar. His hand, his hand was halfway down and taking his shirt. How do you make that call? They, well, I don't know. I don't remember thinking it was a bad call, but um, I didn't look at it again real close. But no when a player makes that movement, it's it's it, it, there's too many assumptions that are made when it comes to things like that. I think you should be able to you should have to see it in order to make the call. Um, they're afraid of missing it, so they call it whenever it looks like one. Um, the Hawkinson one, I don't. Are you talking about the pass interference? Yeah, yeah, there was one that wasn't called on him, and then the next play they they interfered with him and didn't call or they they called it on Hawkinson. They didn't call it when it was done against right. Him. Well, one one on Hawkinson, I thought it was a hold. I thought it also saved. You know, I'd have to see it again, but I thought that uh, kind of saved him from the guy from coming over and intercepting the ball. Yeah, I thought it was a good. Right I thought it was a. I thought it was a good penalty. Actually. Um, Anyway, I I think Belichick came out this week or in the last day or so and said, you know, why can't we challenge? Why can't coaches challenge inside of two minutes? And I, I, I totally agree. 
that if you got if you if you have one that's still available, what's the harm in letting the letting them use it? Um, and still, I guess you could you know if you took away the co- the uh, booth challenge, that the first week that you did that, it would be like okay, uh, we'd be reviewing the clock to see if it was two minutes point zero zero one or two one fifty nine point nine nine eight. You know, we'd be like, you know, splitting hairs on when to call it. Maybe you could outrule that then, you know, or something. But I, I think you, I think you would just say you'd still have booth review, but you'd also have, you know, because I guarantee you that uh, the way the Vikings have it set up, if, uh, you know, someone in on the Viking sideline was saying that's not a catch. Yeah. They, I'm sure that they they caught it, you know, somewhere up in the the lofty thing where all the the situational masters sit. They came um, and admitted the mistake. Do you think they would have done? Yeah, they right after the game they did. Yeah. You know, you think they, they said, "Yeah, we Vikings we, lose." We, well, that's that's, <laughs> that's part of my that's part of my explanation of a charm right. season, Joe. Yeah. Vikings don't have any control over whether the the guys up in the booth are you know eating a hot dog when they should be looking at the film or or what are not moving quick enough or whatever. You know, uh, just you know, it happened. It normally results in us sitting here talking about the referees for an hour but you know we talk about them for a minute at the end because it didn't matter it's like they they're able to overcome and win all this stuff yeah i you know i just got to get it on record regardless uh mark put on your nfl site insider hat a little bit and uh um yeah and look at buffalo buffalo hadn't lost a game uh, at home, up by two scores at half since 1968. That's just another one of those obscure st- statistics. Those old teams don't have anything to do with this team, but you know it's it's a tough place to play. And uh, I guess I, you know preseason favorite. You know the pressure can get on anybody, and maybe that's what's happening a little bit uh, with this team. But uh, uh, they got a little panic and a little choke in them. Uh, you know, I, I I just for my money. I just think that Buffalo is going to win at least one Super Bowl, maybe more down the road because they got such an incredible weapon at quarterback. I mean, that it's that the weapon that he is just blows me away. These guys look like kids, high schoolers trying to tackle him at some, and it's like Eric Kendricks, you know, falling yeah. off. Like, you know, it's like, holy buckets. How do you get this guy down? Nobody wants to stand in front of him. Certainly not as a member of the secondary head on and try to take him on. Let's bowl you over. What, what a weapon. And they're, they're, they're crumbling a little bit. They've lost two in a row. They're six and yeah. they're in down in sixth position in the playoffs all of a sudden. Yeah. That was a great, that was a really good tackle by Kendricks considering, I mean, that could have been, uh, yeah. It's like, like he was wrestling a steer or something. He, was, and he, he needed, he needed Jared Allen's rope to, to get that guy down. You know, I, I don't see the, I, I still have respect for Buffalo as a really good team. You know, yes. they lost to the, they lost to the Jets. Um, and the Jets are like the Giants are like the um, uh, Washington right now. You're seeing a lot of teams that that weren't very good, who are suddenly, you know, playing well, and they're kind of like, you know, um, and I guess you could throw the Vikings in if you look at the last two years. There's some teams that, that have struggled lately that are getting confident, and they're like saying, you know what, we can win, and they're they're playing out of their out of their minds. Um, with confidence and power and strength. So the Jets winning at home uh, doesn't surprise me. I mean, the Jets the Jets have got something going as well. And the Vikings winning there, um, I don't like say, oh, Buffalo's terrible now because – No, I'm not saying that. I mean, in Buffalo, you know, I guess when you look outside your own market, 
what people are saying about the Vikings from the outside versus what even like the fans feel about their team. There's probably a more, more feeling outside that, Hey, the Vikings are, I'm only guessing here, but the Vikings, you know, they don't need to take a back seat to anybody. Uh, you know, they got the ability to, to beat anybody. Uh, in my poll, I put a, I think I put the, the chiefs first uh, and the uh, Eagles second and the Vikings third. I could, you know, you could easily make a point for the Vik the Vikings being first. Uh, but you know, I still, even though even though it's week two, uh, I still have to give some nod to the what the Eagles did to them. You and then I, and it, you saved us from no. losing a lot of viewers right there with that. That's yeah. So, no, I, it's uh, uh, you know, I think the Vikings can play with anybody now. You know, I, I I worried about that coming in. This this for me was a big game that, you know, I don't want to say what they had to show me something because they've been showing me something all year, but you wanted to see them you know, go into a hostile environment, you know, very good team on the road, elite quarterback and compete. And if they, you know, that, that for me is what I was looking for and hoping for. If they win, Hey, that's gravy, you know, and, and they played well enough to win. They, they can play with anybody. They might not beat everybody, but they can play with them. And I think if they played uh, Philadelphia again, after what we saw last night, they would give them a heck of a better game. But uh, K, KJ Osborne was asked this question, you know, after this win by K fan saying, uh, what does that say about your team? And he's, he responded, what are they going to say now? And, and I, I think that's so telling, you know, they do hear what people are saying about him. And if they start listening, you know, it's almost just like post Minneapolis miracle. You know, you got to get their heads out of the clouds a little bit here, take the chains off and get back to the, to grinding out because they got the Dallas Cowboys coming in here, Mark. And it, it, it's, as you mentioned earlier, uh, it would have been nice for the for the Cowboys to win and be a little fat, happy coming in here. Now they're going to be mad and pissed off and and really going to be grinding for a loss. What do you what do you see in that game coming? Yeah, I mean that, that defense is, um, you know, I, again, I, I have not seen the Packers game, um, but that and Parsons, I, I see where Parsons didn't have a pressure for the first time in his career. I'm trying to picture a game where, especially against that Packers. You know, that's, that's why this is such a – every week is such a different animal in this league. I mean, each week is its own little week. Um, I, you know, I like their defense, um, their offense. You know, I think Dak is, from what I've seen, Dak is, you know, still almost like in preseason mode, kind of trying to get things back together, you know, whereas you alluded to earlier where Cooper Rush was kind of in a groove. and yeah. But, you know, that they're not going to make that – they're not going to stick with him in that situation is because just because of, you know, it being Dallas and Jerry's team and the money they're giving him. And, but, you know, he, he can work through that. I still a guy you, you have to worry about, um, you know, they can run the ball, but I, I, this is one of those where I, I, <laughs> I doubled down on the Vikings losing last week in part because it was on the road. And I, I don't, I don't pick against them now because they're at home, but also um, I think that, they can run this, this whatever they got going another week with it. You know, they've been, it seems like they've been away from home for so long. Um, you know, it's only been two, three weeks, but you're going to get that late afternoon crowd. You're going to get the, the confidence that they have. Um, you know, if, if these concussion protocols play out in their favor, you know, that's another help. Um, you know, the, their defense is not going to be as great playing at U.S. Bank Stadium. So, I picked the I picked the uh, the Vikings to win again. Now, granted, this is will be this will be if you look at my picks last week. I mean, I haven't even sorted through the carnage yet, but 
I feel like taking one week and absolutely I make my picks and then just turn it upside down and see how I do because because I might do better if I just said, okay, reverse all those picks. But I'm going with the Vikings on this one. Well, Mark, the Vikings are eight and one and you are six and three. And you're trailing me by one pick, seven and two, just to let you know. Only because I, I guilted you into taking Buffalo last week. Yeah, I, 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 the really regret it. I really regret it. But I, I, I had this one uh, on my, you know, I, I, like you, the Buffalo Bills are my preseason uh, favorite to to make to represent the AFC, and I still am not. I'm still not going away from that. This this could have been one of those losses that they needed to have that they will they will regroup and re, re uh, commit and dig in themselves and and because they they've got a slog to get through uh, the playoffs in in the AFC. There's some really good teams over there. So, um, but yeah, I sat there the whole time and said, God dang, I could have got up ahead one more on Mark. If I'd have been the Homer that he blames me or uh, claims I am, but that's why I'm picking the Cowboys. No, no, I'm not. Uh, I'm picking the Vikings this week. I think uh, it's going to be, it's going to be another game like we've seen. It's going to be nip nip and tuck and, and, they both have a decent enough offenses. The the defense, like you mentioned, the Cowboys is gonna is gonna uh, cause some trouble. But the the uh, the the home field advantage that place is gonna be rocking after this last week and what these fans saw. They are just gonna be so jacked to see this team come in there. It would be really nice to see it. And you know, as much as there's a a rivalry between the Packers and the and the uh, and the Cowboys. There, there's, there's a bit of one between the Vikings and the Cowboys, you know, not, not on that level perhaps, but uh, you know, they, they have some good games and they've gone back and forth. They got the Randy Moss Thanksgiving game. You've got, you've got a uh, push off in 1975. So there, there's, there's a lot of part. Yeah, I did. There's a lot of uh, push off. Sure. He did. And there's, there's a lot of Vikings fans who want to see the, See them take down the Cowboys. I mean, they took I them think, down the playoffs in 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 two thousand nine when Brett Favre was here. It was a huge game. They just embarrassed them. So uh, it it's it's going to be a big game for the Vikings. I'll, I'll, pick, I'll pick them. I think that game in nineteen seventy five. You threw the orange right. There's a there's a replay where after the plays kind of uh, might have still been going on. Someone threw an orange from the crowd. It's kind of an orange that goes by. Yeah. I think. If I remember, so that, that was probably you, right? No, that was my brother. He was at the game. I was not. Yeah, I tell you what, though. I mean, everybody's talking about this as the game of the year, okay? Uh, whether it holds up for the rest of this regular season or not, who knows? But, you know, this could very well could have been a, a Super Bowl preview. Um, you, know, it kind of, you know, I know Vikings fans kind of like it's never going to happen, or, but but this team, you know, they should be thinking that, and it very well could happen, and that, and the Bills could very well be – you know, in there, and that wouldn't that be a, a Super Bowl to remember? I, I don't think I could take it, Mark. It would be the two 0 and four Super Bowl contenders facing off one to to go four and one, the other one to go 0 and five. I don't right. think I could do it. And you I know, think you, for, you already beat them once. You're going to beat them the second time. That's right. For player safety, that you play one overtime. It's like three minutes, and if there's a tie, Cleveland gets the trophy. Has <laughs> they never been there? The 0 4 and 1, 0 4 and 1, and Cleveland would be 1 and 0. Cleveland has some legitimate uh, NFL championships, so no, I'm sorry. You can't get rid of the Ahmad Shad touchdown highlight, and you're not getting this. But uh, anyway, a lot about do it. We went overtime. It was such fun, sh- uh, fun game to talk about. Uh, I'm just having a blast watching these guys this year. I mean, it, it's it's crazy. It's you know, you don't. I, I I'm happy for noon games because it it takes me another 12 hours before I can ready to go to bed after some of these games. 
it's so settled down. So it, it's it's been a blast, and we will be back next week to talk about the Cowboys Vikings game, which is coming up, and it's just another big one on the schedule, another huge one. It and they've been uh, they've been checking the box boxes all along, and hopefully they continue to do so. So thanks for thanks Mark for your insight for uh, and for your chatter. Uh, thanks Mike Walden behind the scenes for for producing us and thanks everybody for checking us out. Keep doing so check out manscape, get looking good for the playoffs when it comes. Uh, and uh, thanks Joe Johnson, man. I wish you were here to see this. Oh my gosh. What it was would be great. If Joe Johnson was around to see this season, man, I don't know what he would, he would think about it all, but anyway, come on back. Thanks again. And until next week, skull. Skull.